Folks, I'm glad that you're here this morning. You know, we get to we get to start a new year today, and as we look at a lot of different things, you know, uh, some people do resolutions for the new year that and they look forward to a time where they can start over or start again, and uh, that's what we kind of focus on at this time of the year. Now, I I had a I put a sign up outside down at the by the road, and uh, I found this, this saying that I wanted to, to ask is, are you going to trust your resolutions this year or are you going to trust God's revelation this year? God may have different plans for you than what you plan, so always be open to what God wants to do in your life. Uh, it may mean that you don't get to go out and do the things that you want to do or that you had planned but it, it's always going to mean, following God is always going to mean that you are going to see, receive a bigger blessing following Him than you would following your own self. Take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 11. The title of the message this morning is New Year, New Life. New Year, New Life. Now we have been studying through the book of John, uh, the gospel of, according to John, and we have come to this passage of Scripture, the last time that we were here, we were talking about Martha coming to the Lord Jesus and telling Him, uh, they sent word first saying that Lazarus is sick, and then Jesus tarried where He was for four days, and then He came to where they were. And Martha went out to Him and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And the conversation goes along and Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he asks her, uh, he tells her, Do, He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So Jesus put her on the spot. He asked her a pointed question about her faith. Because she was expressing faith in Jesus, saying that you have the power to heal my brother. If you had been here, he would never have died. And Jesus pressed her a little bit further. He says, do you believe that I'm the resurrection? And she said, yes, Lord. Uh, I know, uh, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And that's where we pick up the story this morning. We're going to read through verse 44 from verse 28. So let's, let's read God's Word together beginning in verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly, they went out following her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. 
And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. This morning, as we look at the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead, I want to talk to you about this new year and this new life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. You are amazing, my Lord God. You are wonderful in all your ways. We thank you for the life that you have given us here and now and for the life that you promise us one day. And Lord, let it start today. We love you and ask for your blessings as we gather in your name, seeking to worship and praise you. Lord, we ask for you to be in our midst, to teach us, to show us, to lead us and guide us in the ways that we need to go. Father, remove our stubbornness, our pride, and our cold, stony hearts, and move your Spirit into us, causing us to follow you completely. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's some things in this passage of Scripture that Jesus said that I want us to take a look at. Yeah, we, we get the narrative and we see everything that's going on there, but some of the things that Jesus says I want us to look at today and understand that He's calling us to new life. Every one of us has the choice to make. You see, every one of us, we're used to living the way that we live. We get in a rut and we follow the same patterns all the time. I catch myself doing the same things almost every day. And I know you do as well. But here's what the Lord wants us to understand. He may have a different path for us today than what we took yesterday. So in this new year, let's make sure that we are committing our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that Jesus says after He found out after he came there, he, he talked with Martha, and he talked with Mary, and he saw the, all the, the women that were there who were mourning along with Mary and Martha. And the Scripture says that he wept. Now, understanding that Jesus knew exactly what he was there for. He knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. He had already told his disciples that he was dead and that he was going back there to raise him up. And now Jesus is crying. Why did He cry at the thought of all of everybody crying over Lazarus? It was because He saw that they had no hope. 
of the resurrection. He saw that they, they thought it was all over with and that they didn't really understand what Jesus was there for. And it hurt him. It says that he wept because he had compassion on them. He wanted them to see the truth. So the first thing that he asked is, where have you laid him? What, in essence, what he's saying, take me to him. Take me to him. Show me where he is, where you've placed him. Take me to the graveside. Take me to the tomb. I think it's a wonderful thing. Listen, it wouldn't be very long before Jesus would be put in a tomb. And Jesus stood outside of this tomb, and seeing the stone that was rolled between Him and Lazarus, he's, and He was looking at the tomb. He wanted to be near where Lazarus was because He had a mission. He knew what he was going to do. And he wanted everyone that was gathered around to see exactly what was going on. So he said, take me where he is. Listen, this morning, I, everybody in this place is a different story. Everybody in this place has come up a different path. And you're headed in a different direction, every one of you. No matter where you are in your life right now, Jesus will come to you, right where you are. He wants to draw near to you. So where are you at? Are you in that defensive posture like they, the, the Heisman Trophy guy? I don't know why that's on my mind. But he, he's, he's blocking everybody away. Are you, are you blocking Jesus? Because He wants to come near to you. He knows where you are, but He wants you to invite Him into your presence. Into your life. No matter where you are today. You may be in the lowest part, that you, or lowest position you have ever been in. And then again, you might be in the best position you've ever been in. You may be all smiles and, and happy today. But then again, like Cindy said, there's a lot of people this morning that's got hangovers. I'm glad she wasn't one of them. Now, she said she wasn't, so I trust her a little bit. Wherever you are, Jesus wants to be there with you. Why not allow Him to? You know He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know He loves you beyond compare because He gave Himself for you. Why are you keeping Him away? Why do you think you can't trust Him? No matter where you are today, Jesus wants to be close. He wants to be where He can affect your life. And listen to what Jesus said. Where have you laid Him? And then they, they come and they go to the tomb. In verse 38, Then Jesus, again groaning in Himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Take away the stone. He says, remove the obstacle that is between me and Lazarus. Now there was some protest about this, but, but that's not important. The important thing about this is Jesus wanted access to Lazarus. He wanted access. So, so that His miracle could take place. 
He knew exactly what was going to happen, exactly what he was going to do, but, and this is what he says, y'all, y'all get ready for it. And in the preparation for it, you've got to move the stone. Now, in the opposition, they was like, wait a minute, you know, he's been dead a while, it's, it's, it's going to smell bad, and, but they just didn't understand what Jesus was wanting to do, or what he was about to accomplish. You know, Jesus wants us to remove everything out of the way that would keep him from entering into our life and affecting us, changing our life. And you know what we do? We, we've got objections to that. Wait a minute, Lord. You don't know how sinful I am. Or, you know, there's some things that I want to do before I commit to you. We've got all kinds of obstacles that stand between us and Jesus. And even though it might be a huge stone, Jesus will help you get it out of the way if you want to. If you're... If you feel incapable of allowing Jesus to come near to you, you ask Him to come and He will be there. You might not be able to remove the obstacle that's keeping you from Jesus. Sometimes, like I said, we we do it ourselves. Sometimes there's something about us or something in our life that seems to keep us from Jesus. But it's not bigger than He is. It's not stronger than He is. It has to move when He says move. It has to obey His every command. Whatever that obstacle is, He wants you to move it out of the way. And if you are incapable of doing that, He will do it for you, if you'll ask. And see, that's, that's the rub. That's, that's the catch. That's the stumbling block that we fall over many times, is we're not sure if we want Jesus to move that thing out of the way. We're not sure whether we actually want Jesus to have access to us. But guess what? He does anyway. Somebody has access to you. If it's not going to be Jesus, if you're not going to invite Him close, guess who the other that's going to have access to you is? And He doesn't have your best interest at heart. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy everything that praises and worships God. Anything that God loves, He wants to tear it apart or kill it. But Jesus wants to bring new life. Jesus wants to affect in a great and wonderful, powerful, miraculous way your life. But you've got to be willing Understanding where you are and where Jesus is, whatever obstacle is between you and Jesus, you've got to get it out of the way. And if you can't, He will, if you ask Him. Jesus goes on. You see, He says, take away the stone, and, and there's that discourse there between He and Martha. And then he goes back to their previous conversation. He says, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? He had already asked her, remember, and he says, do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? And she says, oh yeah, I I know that Lazarus is going to live again, you know, in the resurrection. And Jesus says, you're talking to him. In other words, the resurrection could be today. And then he asked her, do you believe this? 
And she said, yes, Lord, you're the Messiah. You're the, you're the King of kings, Lord of lords. You can do whatever you want to do. And then when she gets tested a little bit, she says, now hang on, wait a minute. And Jesus says, I told you that if you just believe, if you just believe what you just said that you did believe, you'll see a miracle happen. Now listen, when we take away the stone and allow Jesus to have access to us, you know, what He wants us to do is believe who He said He is. And, and that's pretty much it. Of course, it's going to change our actions. It's going to change who we are. But we have to believe first. What does Jesus require us to believe? What is He talking about right there? What is this belief? What is this faith that we've got to have? We've got to believe that He is the one and only Son of God who came, lived a perfect life, died a crucifixion death for us on the cross as a substitution, a sacrifice for us, was buried and then on the third day resurrected again to new life and 40 days later ascended into heaven and is at the right hand of the Father now. You see, if you believe that, it's going to change who you are. Because if Jesus is Lord, and He is, that changes everything. That means this old world is passing away. This world won't last. His world, the one He's bringing with Him in the regeneration, you see, it will be everlasting. So, Jesus asked the question, do you believe? There was a man in Mark chapter 9 whose son was, was possessed. And he asked Jesus, he says, if you can do anything, please help us. And Jesus says this, he says, if you can believe, anything is possible for him who believes. You may not believe, and he, he, by the way, he went on to heal the, the little boy, the young man, uh, uh, cast out the demons and he was okay. But if you don't believe that Jesus can affect your life right where you are in whatever situation that you're in, you're wrong. And He wants to change it. But He wants you to move the stone first. He wants you to allow Him access. And when you do, He changes everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how big it is. He changes everything. If you believe, let me ask you this morning, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins because you could not earn your way to heaven? And He died in your place. And He also rose so that we have the promise, the hope of everlasting life in Him. If you believe that, You can have His salvation, but you've got to be willing to exalt Him to the Lord of your life. And that just simply means accepting who He is and not trying to run your own life, letting Him do it. So Jesus said, where have you laid Him? Then He said, take away the stone. Then He asked Martha and all those around Him and said, if you would believe you would see the glory of God. 
And then the Scripture goes on. They took the stone out of the way where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up His eyes and prayed, Father, I thank You that You have heard me. You see, God already knew what was going on. God had already known this from time past. As we've been discussing the last couple of weeks, from the very foundation of the world, God knew all that was going to happen. And He says, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus was giving honor and glory to God, and He was saying, Father, thank you for hearing me. He said, but I want everybody here to know that it is by your power that this is about to happen. He, he gave honor and glory to God. And then, this is what He said. Now when He had said these things, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The command was, come forth. Jesus had just told Martha and just told the crowd, I'm the resurrection. If you believe in me, nothing is impossible. And then Jesus commands the dead to arise to life and come out of the tomb. Come forth, he said. You know, when, they, when you join the military, your life is not your own anymore until your enlisted time is over with. Whatever your commanding officer, uh, whatever command he gives you, that's what you do. You follow a set of rules and regulations and you obey whomever it is that is in charge of you. And Jesus, of course, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Son of God, who has all power and authority given to Him by God, He commands Lazarus, Come forth, and guess what Lazarus did? Yes, sir, he did. He came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, it says. His face was wrapped with a cloth. He couldn't see his way out, but he knew where he was supposed to go because his commanding officer had just told him what to do. And he knew he had to do it. You see, he was coming out of the darkness and into the light out of death and into life, out of the earth and into the air, out of lostness and into His care. That's what He's calling us to today, by the way. You see, our world lives in a constant state of darkness. And that's why Jesus is described as the light of the world. And that's why we are told in Scripture that we're supposed to be a light into this world. We're supposed to shine forth the love of Christ. But first, we've got to be lit. Not in the, the general sense that everybody says now, okay? I heard that somewhere. Somebody said something about being lit. I'm, you know, I, back in my day, being lit meant something different than it does now, okay? So let me get back. We're supposed to be on fire for Christ. We're supposed to be the light of this world. And Jesus says, if the light is in you, let it shine. But first, you've got to have that light. If you haven't allowed Jesus access to your life, and if you haven't believed that He is your King and your Lord, then you have nothing to give a world in search of the light and the truth. You've got to have the truth. You've got to have the light in you before you can show somebody else the way. So, 
when Jesus commands people to come forth, He's inviting them to a relationship with Himself. He's inviting them into His kingdom. He's saying, I want you to be a child of God. I want you to be a co-heir of the kingdom of Christ. I want you to be saved away from this world of darkness, sin, hell, death, and the grave. I want you to be saved into the kingdom of Almighty God where we will live forever and worship and serve Him in unimaginable glory. And we're hesitant. And we say, I'm not sure about this. But Jesus' command is, come forth. And if we obey, His salvation is available. But if we disobey our commanding officer, we get worse than a dishonorable discharge. Jesus said, come forth. You know, the Scripture says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is asking for access to you right now. He's not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do, but He's telling you, come forth out of your sin. Come forth out of the darkness. Come forth out of the clutches of Satan and hell and come into the kingdom of Almighty God. Inviting you to be saved. Inviting you into His glory. To be on the winning side. An invitation to join the King of kings and Lord of lords. I talked to a guy one time, he was an Alabama fan. This is a different story than the one I told before, okay? He was an Alabama fan, and he says, you know what, I would quit my job today if they would just let me be the janitor in the locker room of the Alabama football team. He was waiting for an invitation to join the Alabama football team. But listen, so many people turn down the invitation to heaven. So many people disregard the words of Jesus and run the other way. But Jesus is inviting us to be His brothers and sisters, co-heirs, to join Him in worship of the one true God and join Him in heaven. And we say, well, I better think about this. Let me pray about it for a minute. Let me think about this. But Jesus' command is simply this, come forth. If you obey, you can be saved. If you disobey, you're headed for hell in the handbasket. Now Jesus goes forward. His command for Lazarus was come forth. And the scripture says, And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. He came out bound. He showed up. He was standing there, wrapped up in all of those bandages and spices and all those things that they, they put on folks for the, the burial process. And there he was standing in, the, standing in the door of the grave. And he commanded some folks, he said, look, get that stuff off of him. He doesn't need those grave clothes anymore. That's the idea behind it. He said, get those things off of him. He's not dead. 
anymore. He doesn't need grave clothes anymore. Loose him and let him go. Let him live his life. You know what Lazarus did after his resurrection? He was a powerful witness for Jesus. Because everybody wanted to see Lazarus, the man who was raised from the dead. And the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders, they wanted to kill him too because he was such a powerful witness for Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus commanded them to loose him and let him go. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, did you know that Jesus becomes your King of kings and Lord of the Lord? He becomes your master, your Savior, and Satan can't touch you anymore unless you allow him to. This command applies, can apply to Satan. You see, Jesus looks at his saved, and Satan, he says to Satan, loose him and let him go. When you're saved, you're, you come out of the clutches of Satan because Jesus commands that he let go of you. Jesus says, loose him and let him go. Remove the death off of him because he has just accepted new life. Take away the sin from him because he has accepted the sacrifice that was made for him. Loose him and let him go. And you know, Satan has to bow to the, uh, to the majesty, the lordship of, the, of Jesus. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, talking about Satan. It says, Satan walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And see that, that funny little word, may, right there? Who he has the permission to devour. Who, ha, who is careless and who has slipped away from God and, and walked away from God. He's looking for opportune times to tear down Christians. So if you're walking away from God and if you're getting distance between you and God, Satan wants to grab a hold of you and sometimes God will let him to show you who the best master is. So that when Satan gets a hold of you, you'll think, oh my goodness, why didn't I follow God? But you know what some people do? They'll look and say, why did God let this happen to me? Why does God have against me that He would allow this to happen? He might be trying to get your attention to the way that you've been living so that He can draw you back to Himself. Jesus commands... Satan to loose us and let us go. But then, we've got to follow Jesus. We've got to stand up and be witnesses like Lazarus was. So much so that Satan wants to do away with us because we're such a powerful witness for the King of kings and Lord of lords. Today, January the 1st, 2023. Jesus wants you to remove whatever obstacle is in your way. He wants you to believe that He loves you and wants the best for you and, and that He is the answer to all your problems. And then He wants you to come out of the world and come into His love. And when you do, He's going to pronounce over you to Satan, loose him and let him go. You have no more power over this man.
in this new year. Nothing greater than having new life. If you don't know Jesus, if you've been keeping Him at arm's length and there's obstacles in the way, let Him take them out of the way. Let Him handle your problems. You come and give everything to Him and trust Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You'll never be disappointed in the Lord Jesus. Let's go to Him in prayer right now, please. Our God and King, again, we bow before You because we love You and we want to express it. Because we seek to obey You and we need Your direction. Thank You, Father, for all those that are here this morning to worship and praise You. Father, it's my prayer that if there's anyone here this morning not knowing You as Master and Lord, that they will remove whatever obstacle and allow You access to their heart. As You call them, Father, it's my prayer that they will answer gratefully. So Lord, we enter into this invitation time when we ask for Your will to be done. Father, because we want to be pleasing to You. We want to hear the words, well done, faithful servant. So God, this morning, you have your way with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for him of invitation.